With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome and thank you for joining me. Uh, today is such a beautiful day here in western Kentucky. Sun has been shining all day. Very little wind. I believe the temperatures may be up in the 80s. It has been a beautiful day and I hope and pray wherever you are that you have enjoyed such a day. And if not, maybe in your heart you have enjoyed a beautiful day. Well, as I uh, stated uh, last week, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, or not last week, today is, uh, is Sunday afternoon and I'm recording this, of course. So, you know, good morning to you. It's Monday morning and I hope and pray that you'll have a beautiful Monday as uh, you go about your day and uh, the rest of the week. Heavenly Father, I just give thanks for this day. and Lord, I just ask and continue for your blessings for all that hear these words. And Lord, I just pray that you just reach out and touch their hearts. Fill them with the grace of love and whatever is needed this day if they walk with you. And for those that do not, Lord, may their hearts be pricked that they want to come and know you more. And I just give you all the praise for your blessings. And I'll look forward to what you have in store for Monday, dear Lord. And I just pray that I, that as you direct and guide me, uh, I'll be worthy of the day that you have set before me. And I just give you all the praise in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as I had stated before, I have a guidepost book. And it says, Know the Words of Jesus in 30 Days. Now, this is done by J. Stephen Lang. And it's discovering the real Jesus and the timeless truth of his word. I'm going to read you the introduction. Now, it's pretty... Uh, it's pretty in-depth, as I think I stated before. And uh, so we're going to see how long it takes. But uh, for the next while, this is what uh, we are going to uh, be experiencing. As I also, uh, in my, my statement, um, you're, I'm taking you on a journey with me. And hope that in the end, we will receive eternal life and enjoy what uh, is ahead okay it says introduction the word up close and personal go the extra mile turn the other cheek lord it over someone practice what you preach eat drink and be merry wolf in sheep's clothing kingdom come Millions of people around the world quote the words of Jesus every day without knowing it. That includes people of every religious faith, or no faith at all. Whatever one may think about Jesus of Nazareth, there is no escaping the fact that his word, teachings, and deeds 
have had a profound effect on the world. Why so? One reason is that so many of his sayings are easily grasped and remembered. Practice what you preach. Once heard is easily is not easily forgotten. There is a directness and a simplicity in many of his sayings that burns them into the memory. Even so, some of the sayings are well known but poorly understood, such as his statement that all sins were forgivable except the blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Countless people of faith have agonized over that one wondering anxiously if they might have committed the sin without knowing it. What we're going to go through is designed to take you into uh, deeply into the words of Jesus, the familiar and simple ones, which reveal a lot more the closer that are studied and the difficult, difficult ones, the most of which we turn out uh, to be easy to understand once read in their context. It is our hope that you will not only find this exercise interesting and enjoyable, but enriching as well. Revealing Jesus' words is something we can all hang our hearts upon, some large and durable lessons in life. At times when we are distressed or depressed, when our frets and dreads threaten to overwhelm us, the words of Jesus can do wonders. I'd like to repeat an important message from my good, my book, um, Guidepost Known, The Bible in 30 Days. Don't let anyone tell you what's in the Bible. Get into it yourself. Immerse yourself in the words and don't imagine you know Jesus until you've studied him yourself. And uh, I wholly agree with that. And that's why I hope and say and pray, you know, read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. The real Jesus found in the Gospels is often quite different from the popular images of him. P people tend to create a Jesus in their own image. The real Jesus is thankful, much more interesting, and much more reliable as a guide of, to life. People have been poring over the words of Jesus for almost 2,000 years. He was certainly correct when he said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And you can find that in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. But alas, many people have done mentally what American founder Father Thomas Jefferson did physically. Cut out the sayings of Jesus they did not believe were really his. Or to be more honest, the ones they did not happen to agree with. We are free to pick and choose from the statements of any great figure, of course, but we do ourselves a great disservice, since the saying that challenge us might do us the most good. Only when we trust the Bible enough to let it challenge and correct our thinking do we ever have a personal relationship with God. And any truly personal relationship the other person has to be able to contradict you and correct you. Jesus presents us with a father who is overflowing with love 
but one who corrects and disciplines those who wander from the right path. This Father Jesus tells us is one who does not want us to live out a flat, joyless existence, but on the contrary, wants us to have it to the full. And that's John chapter 10, verse 10. As we look closely at the sayings of Jesus, we are amazed as how they do not seem dated at all. Jesus lived as a flesh and blood human being in a particular time and place in history, yet his words were perennially fresh. Jesus was someone who saw over the horizon of his time. What he had to say about the poor and oppressed in no way reflected the usual views of the Roman Empire in which he lived. He jarred his own disciples by conversing with the Samaritan woman. He allowed a sinful woman to wash and anoint his feet. Then he praised her. He labored on the Sabbath and roundly denounced the religious among his own people. His violation of convention was the main reason for his death sentence. But if it seems to be not of his own time, he is not of ours either. For his words and actions still jar our sensibilities just as he intended. Jesus was in a real sense timeless. His teachings were valid and challenging in his own time and in ours. And we might even say they were comprehensive. There is scarcely any situation we encounter in life in our homes or jobs or friendships or leisure time where some saying of Jesus does not offer us guidance. It has been said correctly that the New Testament sets forth how people should live in about 180,000 words. And certainly there is more depth to the New Testament than the thousands of so-called self-improvement books on the market. Thankfully, Jesus' words were recorded by some brutally honest authors. They recorded incidents that we would expect less honest men to conceal. His chief disciple, Denial, the rival among the disciples, Jesus' failure to work miracles in his hometown, his own family's assertion that he was insane, his cry of despair on the cross. The frankness of the Gospels puts us clearly in the realm of reality, not fiction. No one reading such scenes could doubt the reality of the figure behind them. As in the Bible, as a whole, there is a break-taking honesty in the Gospels. And we should be very thankful we have four Gospels instead of just one. True, they all present us with the same Jesus, but each includes incidences and sayings that are not in the others. And in the stories found in the, in the more <clears throat> than more than one gospel, each gospel supplies some details that the others lack. When people criticize the gospels for not agreeing in every detail, the proper response is, thank heaven. The more witnesses, the richer the record. 
Let's pause here to consider another aspect of the Gospel's trustfulness. They were probably all written down before, after death, 100 A.D., A.D. 100, and perhaps several decades earlier than that. Back in the 1800s and early 1900s, most Bible scholars were the opinion that the Gospels were written very late, perhaps A.D. 200, or even later, and thus unreliable historically. But archaeologists, in their conquest, poking around in the sands of the Middle East, have found evidence that the Gospels were written down well before A.D. 200. The scholars once again think that the Gospels were written by the first generation of Christians or by their immediate followers, people who had actually seen and heard Jesus or had talked to those who knew him. We can feel secure in knowing that the words of Jesus in our Bibles are faithfully recorded by those who heard him speak. As we explore Jesus' words, an important consideration is context. While there is nothing wrong with looking up and reading a particular verse or passage than shutting your Bible, it is ten times more rewarding to know the verses in context. The Gospel authors did not thoroughly throw together stories and sayings about Jesus. They had their reasons for presenting their material in certain order. There is a flow, a plan in the Gospels, and we enrich ourselves when we understand that flow. And oftentimes, context will explain the passages we thought were difficult, such as the saying about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Read it in its context. Its meaning is, in fact, crystal clear, as we shall see. Jesus of Nazareth made a deep impression on his contemporaries even the ones who hated him. He was so extraordinary that his admirers referred to him as the Son of God, Lord, Messiah, Savior, Lamb of God, and other titles. His words had such a divine energy and urgency and profoundly that he was called prophet, a title of those who spoke God's words to men. But so exceptional was he that prophet did not seem quite adequate. And so John's Gospel refers to him as the Word of God, who had existed eternally with God. In the Old Testament, we read that the Word of the Lord came to certain prophets. But the New Testament never uses this phrase about Jesus. He is the Word. In a sense, we do not study the Gospels to encounter the words of Jesus, but to meet Jesus, the Word. We meet not words on a page, but God himself, as he intended us to know him. Like the people in the Gospels who met Jesus in the flesh, we meet someone calling us not just to read and repeat pleasant-sounding words, but also embark on a new life. This, of course, is what sets the Bible apart from other great writings of the past. We may find it rewarding and inspiring to read authors like Shakespeare or Dante or Homer, but their words do not change lives. The words of Jesus change lives. Part of the success of the Gospels are they spread the message of Jesus 
was that so people in their world had lost faith in their God. The oracles, those places where people went hoping to receive a message from a God, had gone mute. The inhabitants of the Roman Empire in the first century AD had a deep spiritual hunger and it was not being filled by the teachers and the sects and the ideologies and so-called experts of their time. Two thousand years later the hunger is still there and the word is still giving comfort and purpose and guidance to those who receive him. A note about the this book sequence of chapters following a strictly chronological approach is difficult because the four Gospels differ in arranging the events and words of Jesus' life. The earliest, the last chapter of the book do not follow a chronological approach. That is, the first chapter deals with the sayings of Jesus' boyhood, baptism, and temptation, while the latter chapters deal with his betrayal, arrest, trial, crucifixion, and resurrection. The chapters in between follow a topical approach, chapters on prayer, discipline, the Holy Spirit, money and possessions, mercy, hypocrisy, the kingdom of God, and so forth. Although Jesus' words are timeless, we understand that much better if we can bridge the culture gap that lies between us and the first century Palestine. The culture insights help us to bridge that gap, providing some historical and religious information to make the Bible passages clearer. These terms include information on Israel's neighboring nations and their religions, as well as some revealing glimpses into the religious and social practice of Jesus and Christians in biblical times. Part of the pleasure here is finding that in spite of that 2,000-year-old span between Jesus' time and ours, history has a way of repeating itself. And uh, that was a, this, uh, that's a feature uh, that's going to help us uh, as we journey through this. Um, it starts out with, at heart of it all today. Each chapter ends with a brief summary of what you will be studying for that day. This is not only prepares you for each day's lesson, but also makes it easy for you to review once you have completed um, your journey. Here you will encounter each day's big ideas, ideas that will challenge you and touch you as you dig deeper into the Gospels. And then they have the key term for the day. These are important words and phrases that every reader of the Bible ought to know, although there are good reasons for each of these terms. It's connected to a particular chapter in the book. Many of the terms are found throughout the Bible. For example, hypocrite, stumbling block, salvation, conversion, perfection, etc. When we finish this journey, you'll consider your time well spent, I hope, as you define all or most of these key terms. Later, um, we'll use them in a handy way to refresh your memory about what you've learned. And a memory verse. Don't feel pressure to memorize or, or all or any of these, but they will be helpful to keep each chapter's lesson tucked away in your mind. Some of these will already be familiar, but we hope that after you finish, uh, 
the familiar verses will be richer in the meaning to you. And character close-ups. Uh, one goal in reading the Bible is to find more friends for the soul. The character close-up will give you an in-depth look at many of these people, both the saints and villains of the Gospels. And we can learn a valuable life lesson from both the saints and the sinners. And did you know facts? These are brief factual odds and ends worth knowing and sometimes worth applying to your daily life. We think you'll find these uh, trivoids uh, both useful and enjoyable. And putting the word to work. Um, this adventure that we're going to go on, time that we spend here, it would be a failure if you know, doing this did not lead you to apply each day's truth to your life. I know each time we end uh, a chapter, it will c conclude with five thought-provoking questions to guide us into applying the knowledge we've gained to our daily walk. You know, the Bible is never just about someone else. It's about us, you, I, you, and God. It's about us. So, that's the introduction. And, uh, you know, it sounds, uh, it sounds pretty good. I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing this with you. All right, um, got a few minutes here, and um, I just, I just want you to know that uh, I, I, I'm doing this because I enjoy doing this. I do. I know I'm not the best speaker or the best at far as uh, putting everything together correctly and m mispronouncing the names and all, but I hope that you you know, take something away from coming and visiting these programs. And that something is that God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his cry, his son, his son, the word, the one that was with him in the beginning when the world was created. He sent his son, Jesus, to earth, to be as man and to be a sacrifice for us. You know, that... Every time I think about that, you know, I, it, it, it becomes overwhelming. It really does. You know, it's... It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And we have to... Me, you know, you... If we want what, if you want to be a part of God's family, if you want to be a brother or a sister in God's family, all you have to do is find out, love his son, love his son Jesus. Find out what he was about, who he was. Jesus was an extraordinary man who walked this earth over 2,000 years ago. And he was just playing very... I'm, I'm sure he had a lot of fun, you know. I mean, gosh, you know, uh, he wasn't uh, uh, a killjoy or, um, 
you know, I'm sure that, you know, he laughed and I'm sure he laughed, maybe even danced. He was a man, but yet he was about his father's business. So he did no wrong because he couldn't do any wrong because if he'd done wrong, then he wouldn't have been worthy to be a sacrificial lamb, pure and clean. So he lived his life perfect in every way. So he honored those that needed to be honored and took care of those that needed to be taken care of. He healed those that needed to be healed. He spoke life into people that needed to have life. Now, we are to be his examples. He did this for us, and we are to do it for others. We are to share his love. We are to help those whom we can help. We're to support those whom we can support, not tear people down. And, you know, it's the saddest thing that um, before I, 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 was, uh, I was out today and I was listening to the radio on, on, in the car and the, <coughs> the woman was relating a story she read or an email she got. I wasn't really sure exactly the connection. But she was saying that whoever um, was sending the message was stating that uh, the biggest problem is among believers. We're busy tearing down other believers. You know, and that, that's, that is so wrong. You know, as a family, when you become a believer, when you get to know the Lord... The biggest thing is you are a part of other believers, other family members, and we're to support, help, edify. I mean, when they fall down, we're to pick them up. When they need help, we're to help them. We're not to turn, you know, our cheeks. The world does that in a heartbeat. You know, even the world helps up their own. How much better that we as those that love help our brothers and sisters and whatever is need whatever their needs are we have so much knowledge that we know nothing we go around looking for this and looking for that when all we have to do is look up and be thankful thankful for each and every day thankful for the breath that we breathe thankful for for being for being realizing that we are more than we think we are we are greatly loved we are greatly loved and we are talented each and every one has a talent. And whatever that talent is, you're to use it to the glory of God. If you're a silversmith, hey, 
you know, make beautiful things for the people, you know, beautiful instruments. Not engraving images for somebody to worship, but beautiful things for somebody to admire your work, giving praise to God for allowing you to have such a talent. You know, we are so stuck on ourselves that it's really a shame because there is going to be. I have hope, I have faith, I have truth, and I have knowledge that there's going to be a day. There is going to be a day when a reckoning of what you have done is called forth. And I just pray that you know the Lord you love him you trust him and you obey him and you be doing right when the time comes and the joy ah oh, the joy hmm. yes I, I did destiny and I hope I I mean I kind of I I hope I did it justice enough for you to understand that life after this life is precious and it's going to be beautiful and we're going to be with the Heavenly Father and we're going to be with with Jesus and we're going to be uh, among the saints and others that love Him. Okay, I'm just rambling. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to ramble, ramble words of you, Lord, because you are precious in my life. You have shown me you are real through all the things, all the things that you have done for me and what you continue to do each and every day in my life and through my family's life. And I just pray for each and every one of them, dear Heavenly Father, that you be with them, guide them, protect them, and allow them to have the hunger I have for you, dear Lord, in their lives. And I just pray for those that are listening, dear Lord, that you just touch their hearts, grace them with the Spirit, and just be with them. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for each and every moment. Amen. Have a blessed one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.